Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani, along with my no mind daughter and co-host Lauren Simonian, welcoming you to another session of self-coaching, where real-life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. Lauren, I hope you're not insulted that I introduce you as my no-mind co-host. <laughs> uh, I don't think I'm offended. I, I, I will need a little bit of clarification, but yeah, well, we'll get into no mind. You've probably heard the term. It's a Zen term. And I'm sure you will see that as a compliment as the rest of the world will when we get into it. So if anyone's thinking he's such a cruel father, saying <laughs> such terrible, rotten things about his daughter, that that sweet thing that he does his podcast with, I, I just ask you to hold off on your evaluations of my paternal instincts okay okay you got it but i'd like to start off with a question because i've been pondering this all day pontificating and, and yes whatever <laughs> and i'd like to ask you what's the difference between the brain and the mind what would you say i mean it's something that we use interchangeably but what would you say is the difference between the, our brain and our mind hmm I think I would equate the brain with like the organ, scientific organ itself, and then the mind more as the. Mm, see, that's where. Mm, you just, yeah, this is hard. I don't that's, know. That's where we all tend to. Yeah, the mind. It's and then we get into thoughts. There's you know, yeah. You know what? What is thinking? What are thoughts? You know, my mind in, just had an explosion when you asked me that question. So I'm sorry. Or my brain. I'm not sure which one. Sorry about that. <laughs> do, do you know where the location of the mind was to the Egyptians, the early Egyptians? The, in the heart? Yes. And mm. it just goes to show you, before, before we had scientific evidence, of course, I mean, no one suspected the true nature of where thoughts are. Now we take it as just, we, we just were thinking up here in our heads. Mm -hmm. but, but even today, isn't it interesting that we still have a legacy of that those early associations when someone says, well, do what your heart tells you, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, although there is some fascinating research about heart, which I know we're not talking about today, but I do know that the heart, the frequency of the heart can actually sense things before the mind in certain ways. The heart itself. The heart muscle, yeah, there, it, the frequency of it can actually anticipate certain things happening before the mind can but i know we're got it we got to focus on the brain well well before mind. We, before we do that let's you know the, the brain you 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 said it right it's it's the the organ within us that encapsulates that which is our mind and that's the electrical chemical events those neuronal events that produce thoughts yeah, I know there are like billions of neurons in your brain that are constantly firing. Problem with thoughts, though, and, and you know, this is where if you try to define what a thought is, what's a thought? Hmm. Well, it is hard. Yeah, I would have thought I would have an answer for that. Yeah, uh, it's it's such an abstract thing. Well, take take the concept of calories. 
Now, when we think of calories, we don't have a problem, right? How many calories are in that Hershey bar? Hmm, about 140 million. And so calories are the same kind of thing. These are abstract uh, kind of sources of energy. It's not an actual thing, but, but we're, we're, we're comfortable with it because we've, we've taken something abstract like the caloric energy expended when we eat a certain food. And we can do the same thing with thoughts. You know, so one of the things I'd like to try to do today is to try to try to bring thoughts down and give them kind of a facelift and, and try to think of them as things rather than mm. as some abstract kind of energy things that we can't really put our fingers on. Because it's going to really help to think of thoughts as things rather than thoughts as, hmm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. And I feel like thoughts are the things, the thoughts are pretty constant when you stop and notice mm -hmm. what happens it's like oh I don't know it's fascinating how your mind has this backstory that's constantly playing yeah, in the, the background let's let's talk a little about the active mind that's the consciousness that's what we can steer right so when you're conscious you can make as we say conscious choices right have you made any conscious choices today I would like to think so yeah most like, of them like getting here to do this podcast that was an act of mind decision right yeah <laughs> it was <laughs> not profound but uh, you know but yeah it'll work it's like it's like you you had to say to yourself do you have to be somewhere at a certain time and and you made that happen so it's anything that you act like intentionally do yeah okay. but but there's a problem and that's that our consciousness can be contaminated. Sometimes, you know, we, we do things that are influenced by our insecurities, by our, uh, you know, pessimistic attitudes. So, so our consciousness is not always pure. Sometimes it's a distorted consciousness. People, people do kind of weird stuff all the time, right? Hello? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Oh. I heard a, I heard a beeping I heard a beep noise. <laughs> I, I thought maybe you lost consciousness. <laughs> I, I, I kind of did. Did you? I didn't hear it that time. Oh. My mind literally, I, I mean, I completely detached to what you were saying and my brain just focused on the uh, beeping. Why did you detach? So I, think I, was saying, I might have had no mind for a second. Why? I was asking well, the thoughts becoming contaminated and you just I know. And then I was out? concerned that there was some sort of construction happening in your office. No. Okay. Back on track. Have your thoughts ever been contaminated? Contaminated by what? <laughs> <laughs> insecurity. Oh, insecurity. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's not important that you listen when I speak at these podcasts. I understand that. But uh, and if that's your choice, then we'll just go on and we'll talk on parallel levels. OK, no, I'm actively listening. Ah, OK, so what did you do to change from being passive mind, which we'll get into in a minute, to active mind. So now you're actively listening. You must have done something within your mind mm -hmm. to focus now and become an active listener. Yeah. What did you do different? Well, I'm focusing my eyes on you through the screen, which helps me have an anchor. Hmm. And I typically will use self-talk, like focus on this, aka focus on dad. This is taking all your energy and effort to stay focused on this. Is that, is that what you're saying? It's that well, hard. no, but 
clearly today I'm easily distracted. So well, what, <laughs> just don't make any noises over there, okay? All right. So so our conscious thoughts can be easily distracted, but they can be easily corrupted, like someone yeah. that has irrational fears, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. You, you you don't have any irrational fears, do you? I don't think I currently do, but I definitely used to have irrational fears about elevators hmm. and what else? I, I, I see a guy around yeah. town and he wears a hard hat. And uh, Oh, I know that guy. <laughs> right, yeah. right there, there you go. <laughs> and, and I've always said that, you know, uh, the way I want to go when the time comes is to be hit by a meteorite. I wonder, I wonder if he feels his, his time is up and he's... <laughs> It's <laughs> taking, taking precautions. He never takes that hat off. <laughs> I mean, better safe than sorry, I guess. But that's how that's how a conscious decision or conscious thinking can be influenced by by insecurity. So let's take a, a habit of insecurity, and uh, we are overly pessimistic or we are overly fearful, and that habit is something that we may not be aware of, but it will influence every decision we make. If it's a challenging decision, that old reflex, which influences consciousness, is really perpetrated from the unconscious. Uh, mm-hmm. Am I making this too? Yeah, I think I think in my simple terms, it was what I was referring to earlier as like the, um, the thoughts that happen beneath the surface, like mm-hmm. in the background. The background system. Yeah. So the unconscious would be that background noise. Can I just interrupt you as an active listener? I'd like to ask a question of clarification. Certainly, of course. Uh, the when you're speaking of conscious thoughts, are you is that synonymous with active brain, yes. active mind? Yeah. Okay. So active mind is conscious thoughts. Yes, I, I think. Got it. It's like taking a, a, a kind of spotlight and putting it on the things that you want to do or think about, as opposed to a floodlight where it gets kind of diffuse and and we're just kind of daydreaming or in reverie or something. So Mm -hmm. consciousness is directed thinking towards the circumstances of our life. I guess I I would say something like that. Okay. Yeah? Sounds good. Got it. So I I think that before I was so rudely interrupted, I I can't remember where I was going with that, but... uh, but I was going to say that, you know, we can become better active mind thinkers. We can actually increase our capacity to be less contaminated by unconscious influences. And, you know, one way to do that is to, is to really kind of get in touch with, you know, our thoughts and be able to scrutinize whether they are serving us or hurting us. And I would say the first step in doing that in terms of active mind awareness is to do something I call mind checking. You know, think of a court stenographer. What does a court stenographer do? They, they kind, of, kind of copy down every word that's being said. No emotion. <laughs> I'm really glad you answered that question for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. so let, me, let me rephrase it like we're on Jeopardy. Uh, so how, I don't know how they say it. On, they say, what is? What does a court stenographer do, Lauren? They re- apparently they record things with no emotion. <laughs> Just passionately. So they're getting an objective kind of regurgitation of what's being said, right? Right. <laughs> Bear with me on this. So, so if you want to use the my concept of mind checking, which is the first step in developing a more active mind, 
you have to become a court stenographer. You have to start listening to your thoughts without interpreting them with emotion or or trying to react to them in an emotional way, but just just verbatim thoughts as they're going through your mind. I have to go to the grocery store at three o'clock. So you're following your train of thoughts and you're just you're just more or less recording them. And that's mind checking, just becoming aware of the process of the thoughts that are flowing in your mind. It's like a curiosity. You, you approach it with curiosity, not yeah. judgment. Yeah. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Just like a court stenographer. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even pronounce that word. So I'm just trying to dumb it down a bit. <laughs> mind, mind checking is just getting in touch with looking at, listening to the flow of your thoughts. Got and it. I, I, hate, I, I just honestly, the flow of my thoughts is stuck on where does a court stenographer work? Like in a courtroom? <laughs> no, 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 no. At a, on a tennis court. Oh, <laughs> are you serious? No. <laughs> like that's not even a funny joke because I don't understand. <laughs> I okay. don't understand the word. <laughs> Excuse us, folks. We're going to do a little sidebar here. A court's on every court, on every trial, there's a person that sits in a little chair and they have this little machine. Uh, I'm not even sure what it's called, but the stenographer types okay. out every single word. They don't I've seen that them. before. They type them out, at least they used to. And it has to be an accurate portrayal of what's going on and what's being said in the court. Perfect. Okay. And this is the record. So that's, that's the, fir- the first step is becoming an accurate kind of stenographer of the thoughts that are going through your mind just just to, you know you could be sitting down and just kind of follow the flow you know, you're thinking about this and you're thinking about lauren criticizing you and then you so follow that flow of thought and but that takes us after you get used to that and you get used to seeing that you can actually watch your thoughts speaking of which hear, hear what i'm saying I'm, I, I said looking at watching your do we actually mm-hmm. watch our thoughts i think you do if you're able to have self-awareness yeah, but is it watching? I mean, we watch with our eyes. That's we- funny. I, so, yes, I guess some people would say listening to your thoughts, but for me, it is kind of a visual. Yeah, but someone will say, you know, watch what you're thinking. You know, and it's funny how we uh, words, you know, get all muddled when we start thinking about thoughts and thinking and stuff. Yeah. But I, needless what, to say. Like, <laughs> but when but, I'm a court stenographer, I think I actually do visualize my thoughts kind of moving in my mind. And I can I can visualize the ones that have a lot of emotion attached to them, and which ones are fast moving and slow moving. Like, I don't know. I, I do. I'm a very visual person, so I think when I do pay attention to my thoughts, it does become a watching of sorts. Okay, so you know, you're you're kind of sitting back watching that stream of thoughts. I the more I think about it, the more I, it's not really a watching at all. It's an observing. <laughs> 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 what would the court stenographer say? <laughs> Let's leave that and go on. Okay. So somehow we are we are aware of the processing of our thoughts. Mm-hmm. Okay. So once you become a little bit more aware of mind checking, the next and most important step is what I call critical thinking. And critical thinking is where you're not just observing. So you're no longer the court stenographer. That's where we want to get to next is the critical thinking where we start to really tell the difference between healthy thoughts and thoughts influenced by insecurity. So that's not an easy thing to do, but basically it comes down to realizing that with active mind, 
you can look for those thoughts that are contaminated. And typically those are the doubts, the fears, the negatives, and they cause some kind of physical distress. You know, they're not neutral, right? Right. Yes. So when you have thoughts, and I'm assuming that you, like every other human being, have some degree of insecurity in your life. So how would, how would you know, or how do you think you could tell the difference between a thought contaminated with insecurity and a thought that is uncontaminated? Well, at school with the kids, we, we practice a strategy called thought detective, where I guess kind of is like the that Is that something that Mindful Monkey does with them? He hasn't really engaged in that yet, but he probably will soon. He could use it. Yeah, it's where you pay attention to your thought and you, I guess it's exactly what we're talking about, really. It's, it's <laughs> trying to detach the emotion from it, but uh, you, you ask yourself, what are the facts like what is true here Mm -hmm. and you kind of compare that to the way you've framed it in your mind and oftentimes what's true is not the way we're interpreting it and sometimes it's really fascinating like you know our our minds are so powerful that they can kind of play tricks on us without us knowing even though it's our mind that's doing it so it's funny to pay attention to that and realize that our mind because of past patterning sometimes Mm -hmm. does create thoughts that aren't true yeah and the thoughts that aren't true those I'm, I'm calling them contaminated thoughts thoughts that are contaminated by past insecurities uh, and the reason that happens is that insecurity forms what we call habit loops in the brain actually changing the structure of the brain so this is now done in the unconscious so when we have a conscious thought that is kind of weird or strange or or negative or you know really you know something that disturbs us uh, we have to assume that there's some insecurity contamination there. One way to, to, to really help with this is to depersonalize, to, to realize that, you know, there is insecurity-driven thinking and there is healthy thinking. And even though maybe sometimes you can't tell the difference, but just doing that in your mind to separate from your own thoughts and just look at neurotic thinking, healthy thinking not me thinking, but separating and realizing that there's two parts of you. And I know that sounds kind of, um, you know, kind of intimidating to some people, but, you know, when neurotic thoughts are instigated by insecurity, that's not you. It's not your healthy you perpetrating that thought. That is an influence coming from an old reflex from perhaps way back in childhood. I even call it the child reflex. Those those contaminants, the child reflexive thoughts, the doubts, the fears, the negatives, those are things that you need to realize there may be they may be talking through you, but it's not you. And you have to learn to separate yourself from that in you, which is the unhealthy habit reflex of insecurity, and that in you which can see the healthy difference. It's not always easy to do, but it mm. is possible. Now, I'll mention a few ways how we do that in a minute, but do you, do you kind of sense what I'm saying, how important it is to separate our healthy from our unhealthy? Yeah, for sure. And the millennial in me thinks about uh, a computer and how if you open multiple programs, you can override them with, with what you're currently doing. And yet in the background, there's still mm-hmm. all of these programs that continue running. Okay. And so, at, you know, at any moment, it defaults to the past, the things you opened before, they're no longer relevant, but it's still shaping your experience on the computer. It's so, I don't know. 
Very good <sighs> one. Yay. You're going to get a gong for that. Remember the old gong? I'm bringing it back. Today. Be careful because noises distract me, apparently. But every time I do the gong, it sounds mm-hmm. so wonderful here in our studios. But every time I do it, it comes out as a clunk. But I'm going to just try to maybe just let it vibrate a little. Let's see. You get a clunk for that, that computer metaphor. Here we go. You ready? Yep. Mm. I don't know. Now, when we listen to this, it's going to sound like clunk. And if that's the case, I'm going to cease and desist. Huh. That's actually, a shame. Actually, my son Justin, he mentioned that you, we can download. That's what I was just thinking. We should just it's not add the it same. in. It's really not the same because it's not in real time. Yeah. It just feels really fabricated. So so let's I wanted to give you a few techniques for anyone that's struggling with emotions, anxiety, depression. These are these are manifestations of insecurity steering, steering our lives. And, and that's another way of saying that insecurity has contaminated our healthy thinking and to such an extent that, you know, we are now victimized by our insecurity. So insecurity is really that, that root reflex in the brain that then gets transmitted through the unconscious, which then influences consciousness. So unconsciousness is just the messenger. The unconscious then can use that insecurity to kind of influence. And that's why you get in a bad mood or you get moody, you don't know why. Well, these are the things that percolate up from the unconscious. Mm. Kind of, kind of interesting. Kind of kind of interesting to note that, you know, there are things that happen to us that we aren't totally in charge of. It's it's kind of unnerving a bit, isn't it? Yeah, it really is, which I guess is why when you train yourself to pay attention to the thoughts and the behavior that comes up as a result of those thoughts, you can start patching together what's really happening. Okay. So what about no mind? Well, no, we're not at no mind yet. Oh, I was going to give a few techniques for if if you are a victim of, uh, you know, just, just kind of reflexive insecure thinking and you want to, you want to develop your active mind. I have three simple techniques. One is called engaging. And that, that's really focusing your conscious mind to actively stop the progression of insecurity. You know, I call it the ABC technique. We can't stop the A thought or the seed thought from popping into our mind, but we sure as heck can stop the second thought, the third, the fourth. So even though that unconscious perpetrates the, the instigation of a negative thought or a pessimistic thought or a fearful thought, we are the ones who consciously then add to that. For example, I have to go to the store tomorrow. And maybe that's a negative because I, I, I really don't, I hate going to this particular store. And that's the A thought or the seed thought. Now, the B thought would be, oh, and then I'm going to go to the store and I'm going to get so upset. And the C thought would be, and then if I get upset, then I'm going to not be able to study tonight. And then, the, so we go on and on and on and on. So we have to stop the progression from A to B to C all the way to Z. And that's something that we can do. That's what active mind is all about. Taking charge and engaging, focusing the consciousness and stopping the progression. We can't stop the first thought, maybe the second thought, but the third, fourth, fifth, we sure as heck can. And if you think you can't, you're wrong. You really can stop the progression. So that's called engaging. Have you, ever, have you ever done that naturally, just tried to stop your thoughts? Yeah, I actually learned, so with that technique, I also learned that sometimes if you 
make a physical movement, like you clap your hands or you actually like use your body to, to get your mind to stop fixating on the thoughts. So when you notice it, you, you create something in your body, like you tighten your fists or whatever it is to, mm-hmm. to let yourself let go of that. It, it like integrates it a little bit easier somehow. I like that. I would like I to know. include that in my ABC technique. By the way, all these techniques are in my book, Unlearning Anxiety and Depression, just in case you were interested. Always interested. The second one is active ignoring. You know where I got this technique when when Justin, not not when you were in New York City, but when Justin was in New York, we were visiting one time and it was so noisy. You know, the street noises, the sirens, the the honking of horns, just the, the din of traffic. You know, it was just, it was just so much and I said to him, I said, how do you sleep at night? And, and he said, what noise? <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and, and you had just the opposite effect. You also mm-hmm. live in the city with all the noise and the din of traffic. And you came back to Jersey and you couldn't sleep because of the birds and the silence. <laughs> do you remember? Uh-huh. That's true. Yeah, that is true. So the act of ignoring is when we assert our conscious mind to ignore something. And little by little, what happens is you're just not focusing on the noise. See, that's the key. So Justin and you, when you were in the city, you didn't focus on the noise and you, you were actually training your mind to defocus. Mm-hmm. So, so with active ignoring, what you do is you have disturbing thoughts coming up from the insecurity vis-a-vis the unconscious and they're contaminating the thoughts, their dark thoughts, their negative thoughts, their fearful thoughts. So you actively ignore them. You actively turn away from them. They're still there. The noise in the street was still there in New York. But if you keep doing that, you're training your mind to not focus on that which is bothering you. And that really does change and train the mind. Mm. Pretty cool, right? That's very cool. The mind is it, so plastic. You know, it reminds ahead. me, this isn't exactly aligned, but, it, but when you were talking about active ignoring, it reminds me of when we were in Disney World when I was younger, and I, I'll never forget mm-hmm. the image of you. We were waiting for the fireworks, and it was just so chaotic, and you were just in like a full meditation in the middle of the park. I, I, I promise you this is true. I actually share it with my students all the time. Yeah, you just and I was like, Dad, what are you doing? And you were like, I'm just finding some peace because <laughs> you were just you were overwhelmed by the park and the heat and all of it. <laughs> so you you like sat down and you closed your eyes and I'm pretty sure you actively ignored everything for a little while. Oh, but it was very inspiring. Well, I may have been doing it for all the wrong reasons, but well, yeah, either I'm, way. I'm glad you were inspired. I, I was, yeah, because it's hard to actively ignore. <laughs> Well, it's hard, but like all the things I'm suggesting, it takes practice. And the most important thing is practice over time. Neuroplasticity tells us that the mind is plastic. It can be changed. So even insecurity-driven reflexes that are embedded in our unconscious, we can neutralize them and replace them with more healthy living and thinking. But you have to kind of practice these, these techniques, being the court stenographer, Uh, being more critical in our thinking, separating facts from emotional fictions. And the more you do this over time and practice, the more you're reshaping your brain. So important. And the last Mm -hmm. one I want to mention, I know uh, you you may say already, 
you're prattling on, Father, but not really. Au contraire, I'm I'm giving you some really good insight. Yeah, this is not prattling. This is this is deep insight. Well, some people may may call it deep. Others may call it diving into the kiddie pool. But others may be actively ignoring <laughs> your comments. Uh, that's that was just downright rude, Lauren. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The third is envisioning, and I know you're going to have a lot to say about this. This is when you use visuals to actively engage your conscious mind to shut down the insecurity-driven mind. So I'm handing it off to you, Lauren. What do you think about visuals? What do I think about visuals? <laughs> I, th I thought you'd jump all over this concept. You know, visualizations. Isn't that, isn't that your... Yeah, your I love visualizations. Well, there but... you go. <laughs> what do I think of them in reference to? I see you're not listening. I know. <laughs> are you are you Googling over there? Come I'm on. not Googling. Can I'm, you just... I'm, I'm looking, I, where are your hands? Put your other hand up. Are you, are you you're Googling while I'm, I'm talking, not. aren't you? I'm not. You I'm not. <laughs> I know you're Googling. <laughs> I, I, I with all the certainty I've ever had in my life, I knew you'd want to just pounce on this concept of visualizations. I know. <laughs> and you're going, thinking about visuals. <laughs> I really want to pounce on it, but I don't know what the connection is. <laughs> I'm talking about three different techniques for developing <laughs> developing an active mind, engaging, active, oh. ignoring, and envisioning. Envisioning is when you get a visual that actively yeah. engages your conscious mind, which pulls you, which rips you okay. away from those bad things. So thoughts. it's a distraction, really. Yes. Okay. So that's why it was it was difficult for me to understand what you were saying, because I don't typically use visualizations as distractions. Mm, boy, you... you <laughs> Uh, for someone who, who doesn't know, and since Lauren is too busy Googling, a I'm visualization not... could be something as simple as uh, you have a bunch of brightly colored balloons, helium filled balloons, and you let one of those balloons go and the red one goes up and up, up and it gets smaller and smaller and you're following it and following, really trying to see it because you're lighting up the visual centers in the brain as well. You're experiencing the serenity of that moment in your brain. Meanwhile, the neurotic thoughts are there, but you're watching that balloon. Then you let go of another balloon and the balloon goes up. The yellow balloon gets smaller, smaller and disappears. And you keep doing that until you're calm, until you're back in a place of parasympathetic peace. PP. Mm. <laughs> parasympathetic <laughs> 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 yes. Oh, my God. My favorite Love is it. active ignoring because I like the contradiction. You're doing something by doing nothing. You're just hmm. actively ignoring the street hmm. sounds. So, okay, that, that's my active mind. Those were my techniques for developing a little bit more active mind. So then you're going to ask me, Dad, you never mentioned passive mind because I know how badly you want to get into, uh, into no mind. But passive mind is very succinctly, it's, it's really just sitting back in the back seat and allowing the unconscious influences the insecurity influences to take over. And you just sit there and you do nothing. You are, you are more or less not in charge. Your consciousness has, has become somewhat impotent and you're just feeling victimized uh, by your own neuroticism. Active mind is trying to get you in that front seat to climb over the back seat, get behind the wheel, take charge, whether it's, it's critically thinking, separating facts from fictions, 
getting yourself in a better place by engaging or active ignoring or envisioning and, and get behind the steering wheel. See, our consciousness is really a sleeping giant. It is the most powerful thing in our mind's repertoire and we need to unleash it. And insecurity, unconsciousness, all these other influences pale in comparison to the potential power of the mind. Hmm. It does sound slightly exhausting, though, to live in a state of active mind all the time. Like, do you have to analyze every thought that comes through? Or? Well, you know, that's that's why I couldn't do a podcast with anyone else, because you <laughs> see, you bring out the most salient and brilliant faults hmm. in my thinking, <laughs> the, the, the crevices where my thinking falls apart and <laughs> you, you highlight that. And you're absolutely totally 100 percent correct. We can't, we can't go around actively. We have to live in our world. We have to respond and be reflexive beings and all of that. But this is something that, you know, you, you work at in particular when you are stressed, when you are feeling distress, mm-hmm. insecurity is, is hammering you and, and you're feeling the effects of that insecurity. That's the time to really start Got it. Okay. You know, beginning in touch, being more focused on your active thinking or making yourself become more of an active thinker. The passive thinker, the puppet that is insecurity is pulling the strings and you are just being in a helpless a situation where you're allowing yourself to be just, just uh, kind of bumped around by the bumper cars called uh, doubts, fears, and negativity. <laughs> Okay, that makes sense. So now, and I I know how eager you are. So now we get to no mind, which is more or less a Zen term, but I know you like the term mindfulness, but go with it any way you want, because you see, I have to lean. I was just talking about my stuff, but I know this is more your stuff. Well, it's funny because mindfulness, I don't, I don't love the term because it's actually the, the, the word itself is like the antithesis to the meaning because it sounds like your mind is full, but the only way that, you know, I could really interpret that is that your mind is full with the present moment. And mm. when that's happening, there's, there's no thought. It's just existence. It's, it's a, a being state instead of a doing state. Let, let me ask you, is, is it, is that a, uh, just a, a reality? Can, can there really be a no mind state? Is that, is that really something that happens or is it just more or less pointing in that direction? I think it's really something that can happen. Yeah. And I think everyone has probably experienced it at some time. Like if you can think in your mind's eye. I I experienced it in Disney World, remember? (laughs) Yeah, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah. Yeah. Which is actually one of the hardest places on earth (laughs) to do that. It is the happiest place on earth, but also the hardest place to meditate. Um, (laughs) But no, I think if you can think of a time where you were in complete awe or amazement typically of something in the natural world. Like, you know, everyone's seen a sunset that's sort of taken their breath away. Or if you've um, been in a situation where time just like stops for a second and you're just totally overwhelmed with that moment, like that is no mind. I guess that's why with, with meditation, with breath focused meditation, you're, you're kind of being totally absorbed in the breath to the exclusion of other thoughts would that be a no mind situation or uh, a, a kind of pointed mind situation where you're just focusing on breath yeah typically they say that you know because the mind is so loud <laughs> and there's mm-hmm. often so many thoughts that the best we can do sometimes is just to focus on one thing 
like our breath. So that's close to no mind, but I think no mind is actually a level deeper. Yeah. You know, so people, monks that meditate for hours, they actually go into a deeper state of serenity beyond, they don't even think about their breath. It's just deeper than that. Do you ever want to be a monk? Not really. I don't think I, I don't think so. Ah, you're just a mindful monkey. I'm just a mindful monkey. Very good. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm anticipating. And I know that I I am being very mindful of the fact that time is of the essence. And I have to ask, I mean, do you know what time it is? Oh, yes. Oh, you do? I do. I wouldn't know if I were in the no mind space. (laughs) Can you share? (laughs) I think I'm in a conscious space. Can you share that with us? What time it is? Yeah. Yeah, it is self-coaching pep talk time. It's like pep talk time. And pep, pep. Oh my god! Let's go back yeah. to it's once more. Self, it's self-coaching pep talk time. And don't be passive with emotional struggle. That's today's pep talk. Although one thought isn't going to make a difference in your mental well-being, ruminative, negative thinking has a cumulative mind-body effect eventually contributing to anxiety or depression. You need to know that thoughts matter and there's an emotional and physical chemical price that you pay for needless shabby thinking. Recognize that shabby negative thinking is often a result of mental passivity. Instead, start to become a more active, critical thinker, especially when you're feeling stressed and challenged. Your ability to shine the light of consciousness on whether something is a fact or an emotional fiction can make the difference. So choose to actively reject insecurity-driven thinking, the doubts, the fears, the negatives. And starting today, take responsibility, one thought at a time. Stop dancing with shabby thinking. You can start with the mantra, stop it, drop it. Just keep in mind that a passive thinker is at the mercy of reflexive habits of insecurity. Isn't it time to climb out of the passivity of that back seat and get up front, grab the old steering wheel and head off in your direction, not the direction dictated by knee-jerk pessimism? Mm. Thank you. I almost get a gong for that, but the gong doesn't make a good sound. So. <laughs> and I wish I could. Do you want to hear the song at all today? Because now it's kind of irrelevant. Uh, yeah, I'm. I actually really want to know what song you picked for this topic. All right. So uh, I'm sorry, folks. This should have happened within the first thirty seconds, but it's happening now. Mm-hmm. And um, and if it doesn't sound good, I'll just cut it out of this podcast. So here is our song of the day. The very thought of you and I forget to do. The little ordinary things That everyone ought to do Well, Lauren, I guess I guess that was well worth waiting for, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad that you played that. Um, you're and really struggling here to find I, songs. I am, and, and you're probably wondering, what the heck does this have to do with mind? Uh, active mind, passive mind, no mind. Well, it was the only song I could find <laughs> that says the very thought of you. Yeah. I mean, it's the thought. I was thinking we were talking about thoughts and the brain, right? All right. I knew I had to come up with something. 
I'll give it to you. It had the word thought in there, so all right. it's all good. All right. So uh, we've we've exhausted everything that we possibly could. I know it probably was a, a Google moment for you on your end over there. Oh, uh, I just missed my lead in with the visualizations. No, sorry. Sorry. But you know, you were Googling something when I said that. So and you were you were not of active mind. You were of distractive mind. Yeah. Oh yeah. So can't blame you for that. I mean, I, I was putting myself to sleep here. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I wanted to do a little REM work while I was talking, but yeah, but we held on. Researched you know a little. I, I think I think anyway, and, and we have quite quite a few listeners now, so I'm I'm really very, very happy with that. But I think a lot of people will empathize with the fact that, you know, like life itself, our podcasts sometimes are a real struggle, but we persevere. <laughs> You know, we don't give up. We keep we keep coming back every week. And, We've got grit. But the most important thing is we ask people that listen to this podcast is bear with us. You know, you can you, you don't have to always get something you you're interested in listening to. Just, <laughs> just hang in there with us because we enjoy the company. We do, we do. We <laughs> appreciate it. At what point would we stop doing these when we're down to maybe three listeners, you know, and they're all in our family or something? <laughs> <laughs> probably not even then but anyway for those of you that do listen uh keep in mind that lauren and i are quite amazed that you do <laughs> yeah we're, we're in awe no we're just kidding we we hope we're providing a very valuable service to everyone in the world who can laugh a little bit and learn a little bit so that's my my take of the day lauren i, I are you a prattler today or are we done no i'm feeling very uh no mind right now <laughs> that doesn't help anyone listening. You're sitting there, no mind. All righty. So uh, I guess I'll see you next week, right, Lauren? I hope. You will, if okay, not okay. before then. And visit our website, selfcoaching.net, where you could learn more about our self-coaching philosophy. And while you're there, especially if you're interested in the chatter of today's podcast, mm-hmm. you could find all that more about active mind, passive mind, and the steps involved in freeing yourself from neurotic struggle with my book, Unlearning Anxiety and Depression. So until next time, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle, it's not an option. And by definition, victims are powerless and you are not powerless. So remember, everything's hard until you make it simple. So join Lauren, her little iPhone, and her no-mindedness, and me every week. What do you say we make it simple together? Yourself.